a subhuman also shit in that lake. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't just blame the beavers. <laughs> do we do this? <sighs> Welcome back to uh, Shit Lake. <laughs> shit Lake. Welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where the planets align. Three friends just chatter on about true crime, astrology, and any weird bullshit they can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Well, this is episode... 57? 50 something? 57 I'm pretty sure it's 57. Mm-hmm. 57. 57. Yes! Odd number again! I was like, you take it. But then I'll I do love odd it. number. Whatever. It's not 37, but you know what? It's fine. I'll take it. It will work. It's also Cinco de Drinco today, Cinco de Mayo, while we are recording, even though it'll be much later for when everyone actually listens to this one. But yeah, I'm two drinks deep, so it'll be a fun record. Woo! <laughs> and I haven't drank very much in the last month, and so I've been drinking this 9%, so, you know. We'll see how I feel. I do have a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping. Before we get started. So we do have an uptick in our Australian listeners. Australia. Oh, how'd you like Edgar Eric Fuckface? I think I said his name wrong. Cook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Eric? Edgar Cook? Yeah. That douchebag. That douchebag. Not not Edgar Allen. That's right. (laughs) that douchebag oh and also meredith's episode with the shoot what was her name the survivor lady oh noella gracundo yeah i thought one of them also sounded like koala which i was like koala australia kalala was her husband that tried to murder her oh never mind (laughs) shit he was the bad guy got it we don't like kalala kalala bad yes noella koalas have chlamydia so Koalas do have chlamydia. Yeah. I heard that 90% of their population has chlamydia. Yep. Yep. Which is like, with all the eucalyptus that they eat, there's no anti-chlamydia properties for them. I don't know. It is a pretty medicinal tree. Right? You had to have an STD. Chlamydia is the best one. It's prolific in their entire population, though. Well, I can't govern koala sex, so. <laughs> Those little if you are bastards. an Australian that does try to govern <laughs> koala sex, let us know. Or if you think there's a better STD to have, let us know. And then we are also going to welcome our 32nd country, Sweden. Whoa. Oh, Sweden. Oh, Sweden. Finally, my kinfolk, kind of. Not really. There is some Swedish blood here. And my ancestry results only 4% of my ancestry comes from Sweden. Sweet. Yeah. And there's like three from Denmark and like I thought there was some from Norway, but no, not so much. I've never given my DNA to the powers that be, but um, I'm definitely probably 25% Swedish. Okay. I haven't done mine either. All I know is that I'm a quarter Japanese. Legit. Legit. you just look at my 100% Japanese like, grandmother. I see. <laughs> and then we are also going to welcome our 39th state of New Mexico. Ah. Oh. New Mexico. Have we gotten old Mexico? Probably not. We don't speak Spanish. No. I refuse to speak Spanish, so there's that. 
So we only need 11 more to reach our goal of our collective 50 states. So tell your friends, keep them coming. We are loving it. We're like fucking McDonald's. I'm loving it. Prolific. But that's all I had for housekeeping. What you got for us, Sarah? I don't think I have any housekeeping. Unless you want to hear the lizard story again. (laughs) No, I am okay with it. Oh, I have a lizard story. So my leopard gecko oh, no. actually – no, no, no. This one's okay. He okay. he got kind of sick. He went through a couple bad sheds in a row where his eye cap didn't actually peel off properly. Ooh. And I was thinking like, okay, I'll just increase his humidity like more often. And sure enough, that did the trick and his eye cap came off properly with this last shed. So now he's back to his normal self. And I'm like, I did it. I didn't Yay. have to pay $100 for a, a reptile specialist to figure out what to do with him. I actually have something too. My money tree was dying and you were supposed to help me. Except when did like <laughs> it never It never happened. It never happened. It growing back. Yay. Nice. It just Yay. said it's frying little leaves again. So I'm just like, I guess it just needed a fresh start. Life finds a way. Like the sea cucumber, Parastigopus californicus. Oh yeah. Folks at um fish and wildlife I know about sea cucumbers. <laughs> oh, yes, this is true. Okay, I'm done talking. Am I done talking? No, hopefully not, because I need commentary on this thing. I'm surprised that this one wasn't on our full list of things that people have, like, somewhat claimed, this is my story kind of thing. I mm-hmm. Like, I always do a search when I'm like, this is not an obscure thing, so I'm going to search their name, and she didn't come up, so I went for it. Hmm. Cool. This is the story of Evelyn Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your dick out of my abortion rights. Although I love the last name because it's hilarious. I'm going to go ahead and call her by her first name for this story just because I also really enjoy saying the word Evelyn or the name Evelyn. And I would laugh every time you said dick right now. Like, this Uh is not the time to say dick. No. The other thing is that when I was, gosh, 16, I had a black widow um, as a pet and I named her Evelyn. Okay. And this Evelyn just so happens to also be a black widow. There's a oh. black widow in my garage if you want it. No. Okay. I learned my lesson with Evelyn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Evelyn was born October 13th, 1920. Don't worry, it wasn't Friday the 13th. It was a Wednesday. I looked it up just to be sure. <laughs> in Beamsville, Ontario, which is about 30 minutes west of Niagara Falls. Sarah, okay. time out. Have you ever been to Canada? Canada? No, I haven't. Do you like really want to go or something? I want to go, but I, like, oh, no, I keep finding these stories. And I'm like, this is so cool, and then I'm like, where is she? Fuck, it's on, it's <laughs> it's Canada like, again. Uh, <laughs> I I'm don't just, mean to do this. I'm just checking. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, someday we'll do a TCT trip we have to Canadian Canada. Listeners. I think we should hit Norway first, and then we can like fly back into Canada. Okay. Yeah, I'm back in Canada. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. <laughs> I went to Alaska for the prior one for our cold case, Mm -hmm. which is like, it's still the States, but it's Canadian neighbor. Real up there, though. It could have been Canada if it wanted to. Basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Evelyn, born in Beamsville, Ontario, real close to Niagara Falls. Her parents, Donald and Alexandra McLean, were actually Scottish immigrants And so Donald worked for the Hamilton Street Railway as a streetcar conductor. The family actually moved to Hamilton shortly after Evelyn was born. Her childhood, as usual, was apparently not very happy. Um, Her parents definitely had flaws. 
Donald had issues with alcohol and her mother, Alexandra, had a very short temper um, and really wanted things done her way or the highway. And her parents didn't get along with each other very well either. Great. Wah, wah, Evelyn. They opted to actually just be apart from each other (laughs) more often than they wanted to be together. And so all of this turmoil in the household kind of took a toll on Evelyn. I guess it it doesn't show her a healthy relationship. No, definitely not. she's going to become a black widow. She didn't know what a good marriage looked like. Mm -hmm. She also wasn't really able to enjoy the company of the other neighborhood children, partially because her parents thought that she was just too fragile to be able to play with them, which is like... Little China doll. She's a kid still. I don't know. But eventually Donald was placed into a nicer office job, the Hamilton Street Railway Company. And then it was rumored that he had access to and was pilfering from the company revenue. Oh. Damn, Donald. Embezzler. Yeah. So the McLeans actually did live very, maybe too comfortably. And they were able to send Evelyn. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you see, you work for the the rail, like streetcar. You just have like a desk job. It'd be a cubicle nowadays. So, um. Yeah. Why are you driving a Ferrari? (laughs) (laughs) How'd you get that? Why do you have your own streetcar? (laughs) I mean, like, this, this is the 20s, but yeah. Oh, okay. Right, because she was born in 1920 and growing up like until age 10 in 1930, in theory, right? So they're doing well, partially because of his theft. They're able to send Evelyn to the Loretto Academy, which was an expensive private Catholic school for girls. Yuck. And they would send Evelyn shopping with handfuls of nickels, which Aww. back then was a big Wait deal. far in the 20s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They would encourage her to dress the part and mingle with society's higher circles. And this evolved into her being able to throw lavish parties at the Royal Cannot Hotel in town, okay. which is like the finest hotel around. Like like what kind of party? Just like social gatherings? Social gatherings with like her peers and people other than her peers, because by the time that she was in her late teens, rumors were being spread about her several so-called acquaintances and promiscuous lifestyle and how she was often seen in the company of much older men. And a lot of these men were actually men of, I don't know, so-called like high regard in the community that like they're well known and it's like, oh, what are you doing with them? Fuck it. That's like my, what's her face? Who the fuck did I do that story on? Oh, Winnie Ruth Judd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fake it till you make it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The men didn't face any whispers or rumors about their promiscuity. It was just the girl, right? Right. Even though she's a minor. Same old, (laughs) same old. So um, Evelyn, even if she wasn't extremely bright, she was gorgeous. And she had more furs and jewelry than was considered appropriate for a girl her age. She was cunning. Yeah. She knew how to work what she had. (laughs) Yeah. And so in 1942... Let's see, she would be 22, 22 at that age. Yep. She gave birth to a daughter. This fueled the rumor mill even further because the father wasn't really known. She wasn't married. And she mm-hmm. didn't seem to be married, but she tried to quell these rumors by providing an explanation that actually it wasn't out of wedlock. She had secretly gotten married to a man who is now stationed overseas and his last name was White. Oh, okay. So okay. she named her daughter Heather White. And she was supposedly legitimate. Okay. But Heather actually had some developmental delays and intellectual disability. And I'm wondering if this is maybe because of all these lavish parties where she's drinking drinking, drinking and who knows what else, right? So maybe she wasn't necessarily the best mother to be when she was expecting. Did they back in the 40s 
tell pregnant women not to drink? No, they do not. No. Like, when did they start doing that? Not until the 80s? Like the fetal alcohol syndrome. I mean, maybe the 70s? I don't know. All I know is when I was pregnant with my daughter, like my one of my aunts was like, oh, my mom smoked and drank with me and I'm oh. fine. You're just like, ah. <laughs> but like nowadays, they're like, there's a, like a long list of things that you're not supposed to do. And one of which no is. No raw fish. I know Sarah can't do it. <laughs> No raw fish and then no <laughs> lunch meat. Oh, because oh. of the listeria. Right? And yep. so occasionally for my work, I have to travel down south and there's a sandwich shop <sighs> that has like this amazing ham sandwich mm. that I absolutely love. And so when I was pregnant, I had to go down for training and... I went to my doctor and I was like, okay, I want to talk about the lunch meat thing because (laughs) I need it. I'm going down to Olympia and they have this sandwich shop and they have the best ham sandwich and I rarely have the opportunity to get it and I really want to eat it and I know I'm not supposed to and he was like, tell me about the sandwich and then so I'm like, Telling him all about the sandwich it's like and how in wonderful your medical it is. Record now. But like it's one I think what they mean is like don't eat a sandwich every day for lunch when you're pregnant. Exactly. He goes, You're not eating it every day. This is just a you know, one off and I was like Special yeah. occasion sandwich. And he goes, Just eat the sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, Woo! I get my sandwich. Thank you, Doctor. When I got my uh, surgery, I didn't know I had to take out all my jewelry. And I can't take out my nose ring and one of my earrings by myself. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, you could risk it. You might get electrocuted. And I was like, yeah. oh, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I really want my the wrists. I really want my tubes tied. <laughs> so I did not get electrocuted. Oh, my goodness. We get both kitties tonight. Kitties. Wobbles made an appearance. Hi, Wobbles. Otter's in the chair. I can't see him because he's camouflage. He's like ninja fucking cat tonight. Can you kind of see him? Mm-hmm. There's his little face right there. Yeah. Oh, he moved. I moved oh. when I touched his face with my, not really touched <laughs> it, but like, you know. Like, Hi, buddy. Cute. Donnie's in here with me tonight, but she's sleeping. Okay, good. Wobbles wants to go in the garage, but there's that actual black widow in there, so he can't. Yeah. Just go smush the widow. It's fine. I should. I don't know why I've been waiting so long. Okay, where was I? Heather White is legitimate, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, she had developmental dislays and disability because potentially partying while pregnant is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. It would later be discovered that there were actually no military records of any man with the surname White matching the timing and description that not? Evelyn provided. That's such a common name. Yeah. Yeah. She should have gone with Jones. <laughs> Smith. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But either way, poor Heather was handed over to her grandmother, Alexandra, because Evelyn just couldn't be encumbered by having a special needs child with her lifestyle. I mean, one of many reasons why I'm not having a baby. Why I risked uh, electrocution to not have a baby. <laughs> so the next year, Evelyn was pregnant again and gave birth, unfortunately, to a stillborn baby in the Ooh. summer of 1943. And then on September 5th, 1944, she gave birth to a son, Jesus. Peter David White. Oh, same You surname. think it's the same father? Uh-huh. Okay. Although no one has even seen this Mr. White hanging out around town. No one had ever met him or anything. Does he get to keep coming back to fuck and then go back to war? Something like that. 
Okay. I don't know what his arrangement is, but you know. Friends with benefits. Oh, yeah. So as such, no one actually knew the true father to these children, but she returned home from the hospital without the baby. What? What? And she, she claimed that she had given him up to the Children's Aid Society for adoption with the reasoning that her father didn't want any other children at the house and she couldn't care for him. But where did he really go? We'll find out. Ooh. Oh, no. In June 1945, Evelyn and Heather moved into an apartment with Alexandra, her mother, who had separated from Donald. Sick and tired of his shit. I didn't <laughs> see why like they that. got along. Seems fine. Yeah, they didn't get along. And within a month of living together, Evelyn announced to her mother that she was getting married to a Mr. John Dick. And Alexandra had never even heard of the man. What about Mr. White? Where's Mr. White? So apparently Mr. White had died? actually passed away. Yeah. In action? Uh, while, while at war. Mm-hmm. That's so convenient to have a world war going on if you don't want to sure. say who the father is. And you just get rid of yeah. him. I was kind of hoping his name was going to be Richard Dick, though. So he's like, Dick, 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 Dick. like the little deer. Look at the Dick, yeah. <laughs> so John Dick was a Russian immigrant who had arrived with his parents to Ontario in 1924 when they were fleeing the Russian Revolution. John grew up in the Beamsville area and then moved to Hamilton for work when he got older. And he happened to be employed also as a streetcar driver for the same company as Evelyn's father. Okay. Like daddy. <laughs> when he when they met, he was thirty nine and Evelyn was twenty five. Okay, eh? I don't know. What, I don't remember the calculation, but it's kind of probably right on the cusp of. Oh yeah, kind of okay. I right, the calculation is like they're two. fifteen years apart, fourteen to fifteen years apart. What is it? Your age? There's like a, an equation you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's like half your age plus seven or something like that. Half your age plus seven. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So if you were forty. Actually, yeah, she's under the the limit then. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was the forties though. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's a pretty big age gap here, but she's gorgeous. She's the woman about town. She's the socialite, you know, dynamic mm-hmm. lady. Perhaps because of her father's misrepresented social status while he was working for the streetcar company, she misunderstood how much John Dick was actually going to be able to provide for her. And she thought she was going to have her (laughs) extravagant lifestyle supported. Oh, fuck. And he's like, bitch, I'm a minimum wage. (laughs) She was wrong, of course. Yep. Wow. So when he asked about who Heather's father was, she told him that she was the widow, again, of this Canadian naval officer who had died in World War II. It's very sad. Yeah. John was smitten with her and proposed after just a few weeks. Their wedding was held. Never mind. I mean, like, some people know. When you know, you know. I will say probably not in this case because she didn't even know how much he made. I'm more thinking about myself right now. Let me not be selfish. (laughs) Okay. Uh. To be fair, my mom and dad were married within two weeks, mm-hmm. and my in-laws were married with like a month, I think, or it's like six weeks. Wow. My in-laws, at least, they've been going strong for 50 years. No, I'm just like, if they proposed to me really early, then they'd be stuck with me after I make them feel numb. That's all I'm saying. Their wedding, which was held on October 4th, 1945, like, mind you, they met in June. It was a small ceremony, and Evelyn's parents disapproved, and so they just refused to attend. Sure. Okay. Her dad's like, oh, I didn't tell her I actually stole that money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Soon, though, Evelyn, of course, realized her mistake when she couldn't continue her lavish shopping sprees, now cut off financially from daddy's money. Daddy. 
And literally within a few days of their marriage, she continued her previous long-term affair with her boyfriend named Bill Bohozik. Well, so was Bill the father of those kids? We don't know. I think it's mm. speculated because she had other long-term affair partners, but... She was good at working what she got. Mm. Sure. Yeah. So John is devastated, but hellbent on trying to make this marriage work, tried to convince her to move back in with him, now into a new house, because she had previously said, you can't move into this apartment with my mom and my daughter and I, because there's no room for you. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, all right, well, I'll get a house and then we'll live together. So a house, so spacious, right? On the lovely Carrick Avenue. And I looked it up and it it actually kind of has the quaint look of all those pretty little homes in like old Sacramento area. Oh, I like those. Like, you know, where there's tiny gardens and bodies buried beneath them. Dorothea. Dorothea. You can bury a body <laughs> yeah. in the front. No one bats an eye. Sure. It's it's cute. It's quaint. That's what quaint means. <laughs> yeah. Quaint. Seven <laughs> bodies. Seven bodies in a small yard. But yeah, so what's a girl to do? She obliged, of course, for a short while, but their time at that house was tumultuous. She didn't seem to really try very hard to hide her affairs with Bill or any of her other boyfriends for that matter. And so poor John at this point was desperate to get his beloved wife to stay with him and behave properly (laughs) as if she actually is in a marriage. And so he went to her father and Donald still disapproving of him, which the guy literally had the same exact job as he did back in the day. So how is he not respectable? Like Maybe it's because he's Russian? And he's not embezzling. And he's not embezzling. He's being honest. And he's like, I just want your daughter to be married to me. And like, this is not an open marriage. And Donald says, good luck. Donald (laughs) says, nope, I'm not going to help you. She's as crazy as her mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When Donald said no, John threatened to reveal the McLean family secret that their (gasps) wealth was stolen. Oh. Oh, fuck you. And so Donald, infuriated, was like, okay, well, that's going to be hard to do if I kill you. Yeah. Yeah, and bury you in the fucking front yard. In my quaint house. (laughs) Or Uh your quaint house. I don't give Uh, a shit. uh, Yeah. So John Dick, at this point, does the smart thing and actually went to the police and filed a report with them of like, hey, if I go missing, you might want to look at this person. I forgot I'm supposed to be on his side, I think. Yeah. Dick? Me too. Because I'm like, fuck you for threatening me, but um, no. He's in the right. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought was like, dude, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Don't tell the person you're threatening stitches, that you're threatening them. Stitches. Just go to the police. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you even say that? But like, he he was that desperate to keep Evelyn. Must have been fucking That's his wife. But he really just, yeah. I looked at the picture before my internet dumped off and she is very pretty. She has striking bone structure, I will say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. love, I wish I had bone structure. The photos do her justice. They do. So he files a police report and not long after, so like five months into their marriage, in March of 1946, John Dick disappears. They didn't even know each other a full year. Yeah. (laughs) John, that's so sad. You should have seen this coming, John. Oh. Oh, man. So... March 6th, he had met with his cousin at a restaurant, and that was the last time anyone had seen him. And then 10 days later, on March 16th, a group of children, um, there were five of them, Jimmy Weaver, age 12, his two little brothers, Robert and Fred Weaver, ages 10 and 9, respectively, and then Jimmy Weaver's friend, David Reed, who was 11 in his class, and David's little sister, Faith, who was 8. Oh, she got to come along? 
Mm-hmm. That's, sweet. That's sweet. Just five little kids who were like, what are we going to do with our day? And they went on a hike. Like they took a bus or a streetcar up to like the last stop closest to Hamilton Mountain Range, which is like part of the Niagara something area. It's, I don't know. It's all like a wildlands kind of area, but there are roads that go through it at least. And they found a body. They're hiking along this trail and they came across something. They were like, what's that? Um, and they went down to investigate kind of down this little slope. And they discovered what appeared to be the chopped up remains chopped. of a, a oh. headless pig. Oh. oh. It looked like a pig to them. And they were like, that's fine. What was a pig do- doing here? So they got closer and they realized that it was actually the partial torso of a man. Damn it. <gasps> no, not a torso. I liked them thinking it was a pig just as like a protective brain measure. Yeah. So the kids, freaking out, ran up the hill to the roadway above. And formed this barricade where they stood side to side across the road and tried to stop any cars that were going by. Wow. Help. 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 We found something. Help me. And so a man and a woman driving in a Coca-Cola delivery vehicle. I think they're co-workers. (laughs) This is such a strange like detail. And I was like, this is hilarious. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, it's funny. It's the 40s. I don't know. It's cute. Coca-Cola delivery vehicle stopped and we're like, what's going on? And they showed them. The man got out of the car and went down and then they went and called the police. The kids stay there. The police show up and then they see them. And there's actually this really cute photo of all the kids that are taken like either that day or the next day by the the news crew that comes. Oh, that's kind of You get to see like these little kids are like all smiles, but like they literally just saw a partial dead. Their eyes are dead inside, but they are smiling. Yeah. And there's even there's even a caption like because there's a dog next to them too in the picture. Oh my god! The dog is captioned. Like I'll send the picture. Okay. Share it, but it's it was really cute. They're all anyway. I'll update the website. So the police are there on the scene. They noted that the head, arms, and legs had been severed away, and there had been an attempt to cut through the middle of the torso as well, but it was a failed attempt. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were the uh, limbs and head near the torso, or was it just the torso? Just the torso. Okay. Okay. There were also two bullet holes in the chest, which they approximated to be from a thirty-two caliber gun. Okay. So not big holes, but, you know, in the chest. Enough. This isn't expected to be a beefy gun by any means, and they speculated that those two chest wounds weren't actually the cause of death. Oh, never mind. But the coroner (laughs) suspected the victim had actually been shot in the head, but because there's no head to examine, it's speculative. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the chest wounds weren't deep enough or bad enough to have explained fully the cause of death, so. Okay. Or the disarticulation of the body. I mean- we hope not. I think they can usually kind of tell, at least nowadays they can, yeah. if it's been post-mortem or pre-mortem. But yeah. Antimortem. Antimortem, thank you. Criminal minds. I think it was definitely antimortem. Yeah. Because that wasn't included that it, it was. Okay. Yeah. So this part I'm also not very sure about because it just sounds weird and silly. But in the articles that I found, it said that the torso was examined and identified as John Dick, which was confirmed as a positive ID by his brother-in-law, <laughs> who he had been staying with when he and Evelyn would get in fights. He would go and stay with his brother-in-law. I do not know my brother's torso well enough to identify it. If right, that's and I'm all like, I how had. do you identify a torso and nothing else? Like, do you have a birthmark or a tattoo, tattoo or like a third like, nipple? Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> tattoo. Maybe Chandler Bing with the third nipple. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna drink a little bit more right now. Okay. 
So either way, brother-in-law positively IDs it and the his cousin, who he had also just seen recently at that restaurant, had been worried about him because he hadn't seen John since meeting him at that restaurant in town on the 6th. And so when he read the article about the torso being found, he had feared the worst. So I think that's at some point they put those two together mm-hmm. and figured out that it was him. So now with the torso identified, where do the police turn? The spouse. Yes. Oh, I was like, I don't know, but I, I must say Always this head of criminal minds, I should have known. Serial killer. Jesus fucking Christ. Random. So they go to the house and they question Evelyn about it. And she says, quote, don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she relays to them a story of a mafia-esque looking sharp-dressed Italian man Jesus. who had come knocking on her door uh, looking for John. the Italians. Right. The man had told her that John had impregnated his wife and that he was going to fix him for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, I guess we'll, we'll talk to you if we have any questions. Don't leave town. A few days later, after they've gone around town a little bit and they've started questioning some of Widow Dick's acquaintances and such, police learned that she had also borrowed a 1938 Packard car from another Bill, Bill Landeg. Which she apparently did often to be able to run her errands and such. Maybe she had a thing for bills and bills. Bills on bills on bills. Bills, bills, and also... Bills, bills. (laughs) Bills, bills. (laughs) That was a visual joke. Oh, if this was like a (laughs) video podcast. I don't know. What are those called? (laughs) Maybe we should get a Patreon and have people like subscribe to be part of our video calls. Yes, if we ever got popular, we could do the video. If calls. we're popular enough, someday someone wants to hang out with us and just too. watch. We'll keep you on mute, though. Don't worry. <laughs> you can go in the chat. Yeah, like correct us if we find shit like in real time. Like, oh, oh so and so says <gasps> that would be so helpful. Actually, that anyway. would be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Help us. We could host a Facebook Live event. Ooh, at some point. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be sad if no one showed up, but it'd be cool. I know, if I'm. I'm did. <laughs> I was scared. Yeah, I think we should wait a while. My mental health is very low right now. I think we can get some of the boys from PAO to join. <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey, I saw you guys on Monday. Let's do this." <laughs> yeah, and then like my sister definitely would participate. I think I could get some people. It would be fun though. Mm-hmm. It should be fun for them to present a case to us, and then we're like. Fuck. No way. <laughs> Let Shit. us respond to you and then we don't have to do any work. Yeah. Yay. Ah. All right. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Patreon. Has a thing for bills and bills. This bill told the police that the car was returned to him with seat covers missing, blood stains all over the front seat, and a pile of soaked bloody clothing in the back seat. Girl, what? And he's like, what the fuck, Evelyn? (laughs) Bill, you didn't go to the police before? She left him a note saying that Heather had accidentally cut herself and made a huge mess in the car. And so police now with this evidence are like, "Uh uh-huh, and they go to test the blood to the best of their ability in 1946, of course. A-B. And found it. Blood type. <laughs> oh, it's it's O. It's oh. his blood type, not Heather's. I couldn't actually find. That was my next sentence. I couldn't actually find whether or not mm. they had tested Heather's blood type or what have you, but it wasn't included in the statement, so I'm not sure. Okay, but she wasn't Dick's child, so uh, yeah. I don't know whose so. child she was, though. But it always like it's not super rare. No, it's not either. So it's like, that's all they had back then. Yeah. They couldn't even test if you were, what is it, a, a secretor, secretor versus non-secretor. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because that wasn't until the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, rough. 
So they were like, okay, it's probably John's. Armed with the new evidence, the police go back to Evelyn and bring her in and question her, and Evelyn now changes her story. She said a man had called her and said that John will get what's coming to him from messing around with another man's wife and demanded that they meet and that she has to provide him a car. Uh, Why? (laughs) Yeah. When they meet, uh, she said that he had a large sack with him in which the man said it contained part of John. What? And then she was forced to drive the man to the dumping site where the body was found. Okay. Like forced how? Like at gunpoint? Uh, You know, that detail's not given. Man didn't have his own car? No, apparently not. The police also asked her if it was alarming at all for her to have to drive the man and a large bag containing parts of her husband. And she stated that she wasn't happy about his demise, but it was a pretty mean trick to break up a home. As though she hadn't been doing that all along. What? The fuck? What? Yeah. Eve. She continued to to deny any involvement with conspiring to kill her husband, and police noted that her demeanor and responses to their questions were really not those of a grieving widow. So Evelyn has this kind of demeanor of, like, always trying to seem charming, never really focusing on what's actually happening to her here and now. Just a little, mm-hmm. little baddie. What was she again? She was October 14th? 13th. 13th. So she's, she's a Libra. Libra. Oh, yeah. Libra. <laughs> expect from them no no yeah i'll I'll cover that a little bit later too okay i have that for the end but so they're questioning her she's got this stupid ass story that's a stupid ass story yeah it is but they also have a stupid ass idea of the torso that in my opinion yeah so while she's being interrogated, her house and her parents' house were being searched. In the attic of her house on Carrick Avenue that she had shared with John, they found a suitcase that was filled with concrete. And in the concrete encased <gasps> in it was the body of an infant. <gasps> and they were later determined that this was no, the body no, of no, Peter White. Oh, no, no. Holy shit. Just why didn't you just give him the you fuck up just then? Left him at the hospital. You didn't have to take him home. Mm-hmm. The fuck! Oh my god, Evelyn, you are a dick. I will say, like, they didn't go into the details because, I mean, I don't know, depending on the state of the remains at that point, if they could have determined cause of death, but it could have also been something like a SIDS situation, and then she doesn't know what to do because she's not a good mother. No one ever met the child. Her parents never met the child. She came out of the hospital without it. Supposedly, yeah. Well, she got home supposedly without it. Like, she said, no, I gave it up for adoption. But I don't know, like, if Uh... people came to visit her immediately or, like... Or what? I don't know if she was actually seen leaving the hospital without the child. Yeah. Hmm. And he was already in the suitcase. Like, well, that's creepy, too. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't the hospital have the said concrete something? concrete to the hospital? No, but, like, she could have put him into a suitcase and then poured concrete no. into it later. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So that's not gone into. Oof. All we know is that there's a dead infant body encased Ugh. in concrete in her attic. I guess she kept it. She cared a little bit? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I was trying. I'm going to go no. I'm going to go no. I don't know why she kept it at all then. Yeah. Well, she's not super bright. She just- Ah, she's just like Lives from moment to moment. She just, yeah, she does what she wants to do. Okay. Yeah. In her parents' home, where only Donald at this point still resided, because Alexandra was in that apartment downtown, Mm -hmm. they found piles of ash near the furnace, along with some small bone fragments and a few teeth. Jesus. Teeth. Teeth. 
And these were supposedly from John's head and limbs. And then when his torso was found to be too thick to probably cut through and wouldn't fit into the opening of the furnace, Ah. they had decided, they being whoever was doing this part, decided that the remainder of his remains had to be (laughs) dumped. They also found a thirty-two caliber handgun that belonged to Donald matching the bullet wounds that were found in the torso. So Evelyn, her parents, and Bill... Bohozik were all charged with the murder of Dick. Throw it all at him and Even her mom? something's got a stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Conspiracy for murder Maybe, yeah. or whatever right. it is. Yeah. So Evelyn and Bill Bohozik were additionally charged with infanticide because at this point they did suspect that it was his child. Okay. That was the longest standing relationship uh-huh. that everyone can attest to. And Donald was also charged with robbing the Hamilton Streetcar Company oh. of thousands of dollars over the years that he worked there. Back. Burn. Yep. Evelyn's attorneys had arranged for her to be tried separately, a tactic that they had hoped would enable the young, attractive, seemingly gullible, mild-tempered woman to be perceived as incapable of committing murder. Especially if it was jury of all men. Sure. And she was batting her eyelashes. She's too cute to kill. Too delicate. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So at trial, which began October 7th, 1946, which is like close to her birthday, but also close to her wedding date. Okay, she just wanted to keep all the dates very similar. She couldn't forget. (laughs) All her shit happens in October. I love October. Her wedding date was October. I love October too. Her wedding date was October 4th, 1945. Mm -hmm. So three days after what would have been her anniversary. Her one year. She's being tried for the murder of her husband. Wow, romance isn't dead. Uh... (laughs) Evelyn's mother actually testified against her in return for her immunity in the case because she had information. Fair. She stated that the date that John had gone missing on March 6th, Evelyn had been absent for an extended amount of time. And then at one point in the trial, Evelyn actually admitted to all of her promiscuity and involvement with over 150 men throughout her partying time. Dang, girl. Including a few encounters with the judge's (gasps) son. Sorry, like gasp. <laughs> wow. 150. Wow. Yeah. I'm not slut shaming, I'm just impressed. That's a lot of partying. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I do not have the energy. <laughs> I'm sleepy. I am sleepy. <laughs> Stop bothering me. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and like this could have been an exaggeration also, but like, yeah, wow. She also consistently wore her several fur coats in court. Like not was, everyone okay. time, but, like, wear different outfits. <laughs> I was like, at she the had, same like, time. <laughs> No, she, like, had a f- different fur coat for each appearance kind of thing. Well, Canada, not and, eh, Yeah, but, like, there's other coats. I don't know. It doesn't have to be furs. Yeah, that seems a little... Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's numerous photographs that were taken around the time for all the newspapers and stuff, too, mm-hmm. so you get to see her, like, walking into and out of the courthouse, and, yeah. Through mainly circumstantial evidence, the jury found Evelyn guilty of the murder of John Dick and sentenced her to death. Whoa! Canada! However... Yeah, the crown. Ah! <laughs> However, her attorney successfully appealed the sentencing. And then in a new trial, her defense was taken over by the famous J.J. Robinette. He's super famous. I've definitely heard of him. No. <laughs> He's apparently really, really good and knows how to sweet talk the jury and his defense strategies win cases. Okay. So his strategy for her was to point the finger at Donald at this time because that's where the majority of the evidence actually was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the murder of John Dick, it's at Donald's home and, and not in the And he does have a reason to house. if John was threatening him. True. Mm-hmm. A motive, you might say. 
Right. So at this time, because it's not like maybe they all conspired or, you know, like they actually had a strategy, like we're going to point at this dude and he's not even standing trial right now. So like, and like, it's not this jury, so it'll be another jury anyways. The jury actually found Evelyn not guilty on the second trial. But then she had to go to trial again anyways for infanticide. Ah. Yeah. And so J.J. Robinette, also defending her in this case, brought in a psychiatrist who had stated that her mental aptitude was on the border of dull normal. Oh, no. And moron-like. And that's quotes. So she's just like, she doesn't have a clue what's going on. That was like medical speak back in the day. Moron-like. Ouch. Moron used to be a medical term. It's it's very awkward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She not smart. She not, yeah, she not using all her mental faculties. He also went on to say that her childhood was a traumatic one and that she did not really mentally mature after the age of 13. And so as such, didn't have the mental faculties of an adult. Okay. Maybe? It doesn't sound like it was that. Okay. I mean, (sighs) she wasn't allowed to, to hang out with any of her peers, so she didn't really learn, like, how people interact normally. Mm hmm that's true, but Two. she had a natural knowledge of how to interact with men. She was taught that by her parents mm-hmm. and forced into like that. You need to go oh, socialize with the wanted, people higher up. That's true. Okay. You're yeah, right. they wanted that for themselves and that lifestyle and all that. Anyway, even through all that, though, the jury found her guilty of manslaughter, which is a lesser charge, mm-hmm. and sentenced her to life imprisonment. Okay. Seems like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In his trial, Donald McLean was found guilty of being an accessory to murder and was sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, five? Five? Because they couldn't definitively prove that it was him who killed sure. and dismembered. It was just in his house. But there's like no fingerprints, no proof yeah. on the torso. There's still no proof on the yeah. torso who it even fucking is. It's mm-hmm. all circumstantial, but um, damn. Okay. So he got an additional... Five years, though, for the money stolen, which I think kind of really sucks because it's like five years for potentially killing someone and also five years for a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 Those are very different degrees of like crime. Like one is definitely violent and one is a nonviolent. One is uh, sticking it to the capitalist system and burning it to the fucking ground. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I have problems with like showing money value for like the value of a human life on that side. It just felt icky to me. Like the same amount of time for both crimes. Ugh. Yeah. Well, we were capitalists even then. Yeah. There or is at least the Canadians to be were. a calculation though for like what your life is worth. Isn't that like for life insurance though? Yeah. But it's for ha- public health too because it's like how many days lost of productive work is wh- yeah. what they do without right. um, public health. And so like in a lot of these countries when there's like a lot of malaria or something, you've lost mm-hmm. this many days of work, which is a really mm-hmm. shitty way to look at it to be honest. Yeah. 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 But also like in a lot of the like civil cases and stuff when people are suing for wrongful death Um, yeah there's a calculation of what that life was worth or the you know had they lived to their you know to their elder state right how much their life right but there's like how like mathematical equations for that which seems bothersome I mean, yeah. I think there's a saying, like, though. what if they, what if they became inspired and, like, were a renowned something or other, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. What if they became despired? You took away that potential for them, too. I to not have ambition. That sounds great. <laughs> I almost fell out of I my like, chair. I check here. <laughs> I, like, leaned back to stretch and almost fell out. <laughs> All right, anyway. That big crashing noise you heard. Was Sarah <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> so, Bill Bohozik, the long-term oh, yeah. boyfriend, mm-hmm. affair man... <laughs> 
the bill of bills was cleared of all charges as nothing was actually definitively pointing to his involvement after all other than any romantic what involvement with the kid? widow yeah. yeah he's like man i was just boning her i don't know what the <laughs> I fuck can't is go going to jail on. for boning yeah Evelyn Dick was paroled in 1958 after serving an 11-year sentence. Oh, yeah, like life, totally. Yeah, 11 years, Jesus Christ. She assumed a new identity and then vanished. (gasps) What? No. So she did have to regularly report into the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties. But they respected her privacy as long as she did so. And so she was eventually pardoned in 1985. What? And her file was permanently sealed. What? So John Dick's murder is actually officially unsolved. <gasps> oh, because she what? didn't get charged. No one got charged with it. Oh, my God. The fuck? Oh. Canada? No, I actually, I understand Canadian. This was a hard case to try in the 40s. There's a lot missing and there's a lot, like, you don't circumstantially. You do that's his torso. Well, that's true, but I, I don't know. I guess. I mean. We're pretty sure it is, but. He's missing. The guy said he would kill him yeah he well, was yeah. missing three months later yeah uh, yeah and what's the population of this little town hamilton hamilton so what's the population so like oh i should look that up 150 no <laughs> right headcount roll call in hamilton and they're like john dick's the only one who's not accounted for I don't know, i've heard of hamilton for some reason ontario yeah i don't know why uh Population 1940. It's like four. There's a census, four. right? <laughs> We're missing one fourth of our town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It's being really slow. Oh, it's a PDF. Ooh, this is fun. Oh. <laughs> um, it's like my glitter crimes episode. It was also a PDF, and then I realized it was exhaustively boring <laughs> selected male skilled and unskilled workers in the hamilton workforce from 1941 <laughs> okay wow okay well in 1941 there were at least 51,000 total male workers i thought you were gonna say 51 <laughs> no 51,000 okay of like i don't know how to find like just the number can i please just know the number of how many men there are, or people there are not even just men god well while you're doing that Hamilton is also known as the Ambitious City, the Electric City, and the Hammer. The Hammer? I don't know. In 1950, there were 263,000. It's It's a big area. It's a big area. Yeah. I mean, they had that, like, royal hotel. I've stayed in a couple hotels that were, like, we're fancy because we're here, but they were not fancy. Oh, well. Maybe they were back in their heyday. Sure. Okay. That's basically what I've got. Like, there's a lot of articles out and a Facebook page that has some amazing resources, including the actual, like, court document stuff. Cool. Not scripts, because they're not reading off of them, but, like, what is it called? Transcripts. There we mm-hmm. go. And then there's, like, a lot of articles that were printed in newspapers from the era, and there's also several books in a movie, none of which I actually used for this. I just read the transcripts and several articles. But, um, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Is that oh, mating calls for you? By. Yeah. Can you not? All right, I'm on Wikipedia. Jesus. And um, Hamilton ranked first in Canada for police reported hate crimes in 2016. Jesus. And it could have been the mob because organized crime has a notable presence in Hamilton. We have the Lupino oh. He's a Russian. He's family, a Russian immigrant. The Papalio family. 
And then I thought there was something about the mob or something, though. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why I know Hamilton, Ontario, and I have not figured it out. <laughs> it's it's not because of any of the things I've said. Okay. Well, Fair. tell me about how shitty Libras are. She's a Libra. <laughs> Hannah knows from firsthand knowledge that she doesn't get along with them. Arr! Libras. They are socialites. Mm-hmm. They like when people gift them things. Mm-hmm. I was going to shout out a Libra. Oh. I think Alex is a Libra from Woods Hall. Which Alex? Oh, okay. And he's great. But yeah. there's just so much negative from the other Libra that it doesn't quite balance out. So the negative aspects of Libra, sorry, I had to pull my thing again because I had looked up the population of Hamilton. They are very, can be Wishy very self-indulgent. people pleasing. They have no opinions. Sorry. <laughs> Do you want to give the Libra section? No. Yes. <laughs> Tell us how you feel. No. Yeah, they are very, they can be very indecisive. They are also sometimes superficial when they're undeveloped mm. and they learn to accommodate their feelings with tangible things. Um, and sure. so then they end up wanting stuff that makes them happy rather than feelings that make they them happy. They learn how to present something to the world, but there's nothing behind that persona. Yes. And then because of that, they can also be really good at emotionally detaching themselves from situations as well. Yeah. Okay. Which kind of goes hand in hand with maybe burying your infant in concrete. concrete. That's a lot. (sighs) It is. But yeah, positive Libras don't always do that. And they can use their social energy in a positive aspect and bring people together and influence and all of that. So this is why I couldn't do the Libra section because I couldn't have given you a positive. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to end on a positive note. The not all Libras are like Evelyn. Don't be like Evelyn. Don't be a dick. Honestly, like John Dick. Yeah. Just let her go. She sounds a little bit... Never mind. Dude, if you would have just said, you know what? I know I'm not a bacon bringer, so I'm going to let you go (laughs) find your soulmate or your wallet or whatever you want to call him. And I'm going to go live my best life. He would have had a best life. He would have found somebody. I found it. John Dick was born May 25th, 1906 in <gasps> Hobstadt, Russia. He's a Gemini. A Gemini and a Libra together? Jesus no wonder they didn't work. Christ. Yeah. Oh. There was no way. <laughs> All right, John, I was hoping you were more earthy because you would have had a chance if you were more earthy. If you were more earthy, you would not. He could have been water. Around. That's why yeah. he got killed. Because oh. he was a, a Gemini. A Gemini and a Libra. That's a lot of just like emotions with nothing behind them and now i'm finishing off my tequila uh all right i'm done shit talking libras okay that's what i got i've got a little bit more we've got some shit going on this not as bad as the prior week is it no it's exhausting still retrograde we're still in retrograde so there's still it's still pretty much bullshit but here we go so this episode is going to air on monday May 16th, and then on Tuesday, Mars and Pisces is going to be conjunct with Neptune and Pisces. So, yay, Sarah. So Woo. much Pisces. Mm-hmm. Creativity. So, this is a day that we want to shoot for the stars. You're going to reach those, like, super goals with passion and drive, and you want to follow your artistic dreams during this day. Okay. It's a good day. I don't have those, like but day. I will work on my uh, exit seminar presentation. Ooh. 
That's a good idea. On Thursday, May 19th, the sun in Taurus will be trying with Pluto and Capricorn. Oh, and energy. Earth. Yes. Earth. This is a day that's like financially motivated. So it's a good day for you to be super organized with your Capricorn energy and balance your fucking checkbook, friends. Balance Upside it. Upside down devil horns because there's nothing to balance. It's empty. Okay, well. <laughs> I I need a real job. Find the episode that Sarah did her Batman joke and you will get $10 <laughs> for beer money. Ooh. I feel like it was right after the tin can hauler. Uh-huh. I think so. Also, the same day, Mercury and Gemini will be sextile with Jupiter and Aries. And this is going to be a good day to think about your future visualize kind of the outcome you're wanting but don't communicate it though because we're still in retrograde Uh, at this time don't say it out loud yeah great because i don't know i need to think about my future even this hellscape but visualize it just don't quite talk about it until we get out of retrograde that's fair and then Friday, May 20th, the sun enters Gemini. Yay, me. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the next four weeks, you are going to feel my Gemini energy. We are going to shift from work to play. And we are going to have really witty and versatile energy coming from the Gemini and so it's going to be a really great time to reconnect with your friends and we are all going to be extra chatty good conversational energy horse is the meme where it's just like I just saw one recently where it's like a deflated balloon and it's just like when you go to make the plans that you made a week ago when you have to go actually do them (laughs) that's a tour that's Taurus that's just like yeah Taurus wants to stay home and have a bubble bath Yeah. yeah And so we're, we're going to get out a little bit more. So here's a good day for you guys. So Saturday, May 21st, the sun in Gemini is going to be conjunct with Mercury in Gemini. So we've got Ooh. our communication in Gemini, which we're ruled. Geminis are yeah. ruled by Mercury. Yeah. And then the sun in Gemini. So this is going to be an extra social day. This is going to be we a great day. Right? <gasps> to catch up with your friends be super social. It's just going to be a really wonderful day. Yes. However, uh, Sunday, so like don't stay the night. Like, but I, I always get drunk and stay the <laughs> night leave. at Sarah's. No, leave. Uber home. Back. Because Sunday, May 22nd, Mercury retrograde will enter Taurus. It's just like the extension. Oh, I might of never leave horrible, your house, Sarah. Right? <laughs> Great. Sarah's like Uber home. <laughs> You will leave because it'll be too cold for you. That's true. So it gets worse. Mercury retrograde gets worse. So when it enters Taurus, it's just going to feel like this big slog. It's not great. Hi, Dons. (laughs) For the next few weeks, we are going to have some pretty difficult times making decisions. And ultimately, we're going to be mentally Uh. inflexible. It's just it's not going to work out. This is really bad because I'm hoping to get a job. Fuck you, stars. <laughs> but the same day, Sunday, May 22nd, Mars in Pisces, Sarah, will be sextile with Pluto in Capricorn. Hannah. Mars in Pisces is a weird one, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Your strategy is to be loopy. <laughs> right. Your strategy is to be like, nah. I'm not going to fight. 
But this aspect is actually really great. So it's going to give us a boost of strength and stamina to make even unrealistic goals achievable. Okay, great, because that will be the week okay. before my exit seminar, and I will not be prepared. So it's going to be a good day, even though we're still in this, like, want, want fucking retrograde. But all in all, it seems like it's going to be a decent week. We've got ups and downs. We're in retrograde. It's bullshit. It happens. But yeah, so that's what I have for the upcoming week in astrology. It's kind of a mixed bag of shit, but there you go. It's okay. There's ups and downs. It balances out. Saturday the 21st, like, get together with your friends. Have a good time. It's going to be great. So if you want to make new friends or you'd like to connect with us, please do so. We're on Twitter at True Trine, Instagram at True Crime Trine, Facebook, we're TCT Podcast. We did add two new members this week. Oh, hi. You can email us directly. It's super easy to do. We'd love to connect with you. TrueCrimeTrine at gmail.com. And then check out our website, www.TrueCrimeTrine.com. I was trying to find a Canada quote, but yeah. I don't. I can't find a Canada quote, so. No Canada quotes? I haven't found a good one. Do you find a good one? Let's see. You're not a true Canadian until you've apologized for saying sorry too much. <laughs> okay, I mean, I also do that. Sorry. What are you sorry for? I'm sorry, sorry just for, like, being here. How do they say sorry, though? <laughs> sorry. Like, sorry. 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 Oh, here we go. One day, Canada will take over the world. Then you'll all be sorry. <laughs> okay, that's good. I love it. I like that all one. All right. Canadia. Okay, bye. 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 Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.